I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro, and today is one of those days we all look forward to. You look forward to it, we look forward to it, I look forward to it. That's right, the boys in the neighborhood. We have Jack, rock and roll race car Patterson, also known as Jack the Stiletto Delecto. Remember, we have secret names. Jack, how are you? Hey, Joe, it's good to be here. Excellent, good to see your face again. And also, quietly, the man who started the Delecto Rage, because he doesn't want the government to know who he is, formerly known as Jim the Contrarian Giordano, now known as Claude Delecto, Jim, how are you? I still have the name Claude. We're not <laughs> able to change my name to other than Corporal Agon or whatever. <laughs> Corporal LeBeau. He's Le Corporal LeBeau. Yeah. And also, and then we have uh, the geriatric delecto, Bill. Unfortunately, Bill couldn't make it tonight. He's uh, he's not feeling well. So everyone, we want to say some prayers for Jim. Uh, for, for Bill, he's not feeling so well. But he'll be back, I'm sure, shortly. So it's very nice to have you gentlemen here back in the neighborhood. I know uh, I get these emails all the time. Where's the guys in the neighborhood? I'm like, I'm starting to feel you know uncomfortable. What about Lieutenant Joe? You don't want just Lieutenant Joe? No, you want the whole neighborhood in here. So I'm glad you're here. Um, I recently did a an episode where we talked all about securing our schools. And this is a topic that, as you guys know, is near and dear to my heart. This is what I do. This is my, my thing in life now. I try and secure people. But some of the questions that have come up in this most recent event in Nashville, which are tragic and terrible, uh, we're trying to understand, Jim, you brought up a good question. What is the purpose of having glass when it can be defeated? And I talked about that on the episode, so I don't want to belabor it. But what I was saying is that there is film you can put on there. You, you can't, you can shoot through. It's not bulletproof. Bulletproof glass, a two by three piece is like $12,000. It's, it's absurdly expensive. Schools could never afford to do all their windows. But I know in a lot of new construction, they are putting bullet resistant glass in when they build a $12 million school or $20 million school, they're spending, you know, 150,000 on glass for the vent for the vestibule. So that's one thing. If not, the film is really good. The question about this most recent shooting, is that we saw the White House and the president immediately come out and say, well, there we go. We have to get rid of all these guns. All these guns have to go because that would... Jack, do you think if we got rid of all the guns, that would stop the evil that people go out and kill other people in mass events like this? Well, I've heard this crazy talk before, and everybody can sit there and say, well, they would kill with a baseball bat, or they would kill with a knife, or they would kill with a car. Uh, but let's just discuss the guns solely. There's guns out there that are hundreds of years old that still function and guns that you purchase today, if they're not used a, a, a great deal, those guns can last for hundreds of years. The ammunition can be around for quite a number of years also. So to eliminate all the guns that we currently know of and or uh, let's just say registered, I hate to use that word, uh, if they're all taken away, like the old bumper sticker used to say, only the outlaws will have the guns because the guns that they have are not legal. They're not registered and no one knows about them. No one knows how many there are. Uh, for us to get our hands on those guns and to take away the guns only of those law-abiding citizens who have them, 
Now let's look at your hobbies, for instance. Whatever it is that you do in your life, could you imagine somebody, if you're a golfer, whatever it is that you do, somebody comes along and says, that's it, close all the golf courses. No, more. If you own golf clubs, you're in big trouble. Turn your golf clubs in. It may sound absurd, but you know what? There's a lot of people out there who look at guns as a work of art. They look at them as a hobby. Uh, if you've ever been to a competition meet where they use guns for target practice and what have you, it's a lot of fun. Uh, people enjoy it. It's their hobby. Imagine taking away your favorite hobby and you would be greatly opposed to it as these people would also who are following the rules. So Jim, let me, let me turn it to you because you are a guy that thinks about your rights a lot. You, you are concerned about that. Is the Second Amendment is that something that we can deal away that, you know, oh, because of because of gangbangers using guns and criminals using guns and evil people use guns. Therefore, we should take away your guns and Jack's guns and my guns to protect our family. Is that a reasonable response? No. <clears throat> the Second Amendment is absolute. It's in the con enshrined in the Constitution for a reason. Yes, I would agree with many of the people on the left that the fact that access to guns have led to more mass shootings with guns. But that Second Amendment is absolutely indomitable. We cannot get rid of it. So what is the solution outside of not getting rid of guns? Well, we talked about um, um, background checks. Once again, in this case, the background check failed. I'm beginning to think it's almost purposeful by the federal government that they talk about background checks, but no background checks are ever really done in a manner that's necessary in order to pr protect people from people who shouldn't have guns. Okay, now let me, let me jump in here on that because I teach about backgrounds and all kinds of backgrounds. And you're right. I, I've, I've applied for a lot of weapons, handgun weapons. I'm a uh, concealed carry person because I'm retired law enforcement. I still have to go through the process. When you apply for a gun, the background that they do, when you walk into the gun store, if you have a, uh, a long gun permit in New Jersey, you can buy shotguns and rifles. You apply one time, they do a background. What they ask you, have you ever been confined to a mental asylum? And you have to sign up and let them go look. Is there any records in New Jersey that you've been in a mental asylum? If there is, you're probably not going to get the gun. If you pass that and then they send a letter, you give me, give me the name of three people that are references for you. They mail them a letter and they ask them 10 questions and the people sign off on it and send it back. And if those people didn't say, uh, Jim should not have a gun, no matter what, um, they look at your criminal history. You don't have a criminal history to prevent you from owning a gun. You have no mental history. And your three people said you're okay. You have a right to that gun. They can't make it so so difficult to get to, to, to enjoy your right. But they do it. It's not That's not a background. A background uh, uh, means going to your neighbors and going, hey, what goes on at Jim's house uh, when Jim's sitting around? Uh, well, uh, I don't know about you, but he's out there screaming and hollering. Him and his wife are arguing. Um, we never called the cops. You find out from workers that he drinks a little too much, that he's made threats against people. Well, none of that is documented anywhere. The person who shot up this school in Nashville, this person had no criminal history. And that's what they looked at to, to buy the guns. They had no criminal history, so therefore, there's no we can't keep you from your right because you have no criminal but history. But according to what I've read, and we know that you know the internet has a lot of fake information, 
this person also was almost a fixture, a mental with a mental help, um, you know, a psychiatrist, and sure. things like that. So you're gonna, you're the cop, and you're gonna interview me. I'm, I'm applying for a gun permit. You're gonna ask me, Jim, have you ever been to a psychologist? No. Is that where it ends? Right. Well, that's where in New Jersey, the register, and a lot of states too, once you go to a hospital, it's, it's a registerful, it's, it's some, a record we can find. But the, the thing, and you're right, this, this killer in Nashville, apparently now it's coming out that they had psychiatric problems, that they were depression. How this person ended up getting the weapons, we still have to find out. But those are the people, like Jack, you're saying, not, not legitimate citizens. And it's not about hunting. And I understand that. I get it. That's what we use it for today. And, and in the previous show, I had talked about what, what did President Biden say? He came out and he goes, well, if you think you're going to use your private guns to fight your government, you better have F-16s. I found that one of the most frightening statements I've ever heard a politician say. Basically, what he's saying is, hey, F you people. You're not fighting back against us. This is not the Minutemen fighting off a, a tyrannical government. You can't do it. Oh, yes, it is. And this is the same person who weaponized the FBI weaponized the um, IRS, the Judicial Department, weaponized the IRS. Let me tell you something. That is a scary statement. Yes, it's very scary. He's telling you, you have no chance of, if we want you, we're going to get you. Back uh, to where I started. Right. This is the reason with all the negatives associated with guns, and I hate guns. I, I hate them with passion. There's no need for them in my life. But with all that I want to preserve the right for people to have firearms. All right, so Jack, let me ask you this. Let's get historical for a minute. Is the purpose of the Second Amendment so that you can go hunt a deer, or you can go and shoot a, uh, um, or you can shoot a turkey? Is that the purpose of the Second Amendment? I think the basis of the Second Amendment is exactly what it says: is to defend ourselves against what would become a tyrannical government. Uh, you know, for Biden to make the comment that he made. He's also uh, got to realize that sooner or later, all the people in the military come into private citizens. And when they do, their rights will be stripped from them as well. So if he calls for a military uprising against a uprising of the people, will the military follow? Ah. And that is the basis for every government system around the world, whether it be a dictatorship or a democracy, uh, he better hope that the military would take up arms against their brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, and and uh, and combat us when we try to defend our in rights in the Constitution. Now it's interesting because I talked to Miss Kathy, and Kathleen is very concerned about the corrupted government and what's going on out there. But I brought up, I said, I said, Jack, basically that I said. Not only do you have retired military people, people who are out in the street now, they're back in their homes, they're doing their thing. What would, where would they stand? But I said, the men and women who are in our military, they're going to follow orders. But if they got ordered to go through Main Street, Tom's River, and gun down the protesters, would they actually do it? I don't think they would. I think some would. Because there's always some some people who are off the and edge. And those are the people you don't want to buy have, have them buy guns when they're citizens. Right. <laughs> but Kathy seems to think that if the government orders them to do that, they will do it. 
and and I'm betwixt and between. I don't see our, our military people like that. I see they would look at it and go, this is not a foreign government attacking us. This is not a terrorist group. These are American citizens standing up for their rights. I don't think they would do it. If you want to talk about the military that existed possibly uh, World War II era, let's just say, and I'm not putting anybody down or, or making any and, and, and any dispersions on their on their character, but I think after we've gone through the Vietnam War, some of the debacles that we've put up with afterwards, that the people that are in the military will call it as they see it. I don't honestly believe that they would take up arms. That maybe they would take to the streets and try to quell the the uh, uprising. But I don't think you're going to see uh, another really Kent State so, or Jack. what have you. I don't think the, the military will try. The right military now. are, they are us. The military is, are us. There are 18-year-old kids who joined the military, 19-year-old kids who joined the military. They're going to take up arms possibly in their own hometown? Probably not. And, and I okay. agree with that. But they've already have attacked the, the military. I mean, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He's as corrupt as can be. This whole debacle in Afghanistan, this whole debacle in Syria, he's just going the political line, and I don't know his name. Millie. Uh, General Millie. Millie. Millie, exactly. I mean, it's really disconcerting for an American to see this man, because we always prided ourselves in our military. They were the untouchables. I'm not sure. The FBI, we, we used to pride ourselves with. Remember, the FBI came in. Thank God the FBI came in because you know you were going to get a fair shake and they were going to do the right thing according to the American Constitution. Well, that's gone. The Department of Justice, that's been a joke for years. And now it seems like it's the military. And proof of that is the fact that the Conscription, well, conscription, one word, um, the enlistment rate in our military has gone into the sewer. Yes, and they're having a very hard time. Why? Same reason you're having a hard time getting people to sign up to be police officers today is the same reason people don't want to go in the military. They don't want a woke military and they don't want a woke police department. Does that mean they want to go out and beat people and shoot people for no reason? They want to kill minorities? No. They want to go out and enforce the laws. They want to protect innocent. They want to do the right thing. The military, as the great Rush Limbaugh would say, the military was created to break things and kill people. That's its purpose. Not to worry about people's pronouns and not to worry about that they feel comfortable around this. And It was to protect our country. And we've changed their mission. And young people that would normally dry rate toward that and towards law enforcement are like, wait a minute, I, I don't want to go there and, and do these. I want to go protect my country. I want to stand for my country. So that leads me to where, where I'm thinking here. A, a, a poll just came out recently that said, and it's shocking, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase the number, 38% of people in America now think that being uh, proud of your country is important. They don't go to church, and it's no longer important to be proud of your country because your country is so evil. Your country. This is what they're teaching these young people, that they're growing up thinking America is so systemically racist and so horrible, it has to change. And what I keep saying is that, you know, we're all here in our 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 fifties and our sixties. 
our, our era is coming to a close. In the next 20 years, we're done and gone, and then these young people are going to take over. What are they going to do with the future? It takes one vote. One, what a great Ronaldus Magnus used to say, we are one vote away from losing our rights. They vote in a, AOC is a socialist. She hasn't declared it yet, but she is. Uh, Bernie is, is a declared socialist. We have another socialist in Congress. We know most of the Democrats are actually socialists at heart. When it comes out to these young people going to go vote for a socialist in one fell swoop, we have a socialist Senate, a socialist president, and a socialist Congress, and they say, let's open up the Constitution, the Confederation of States. We're allowed to do that and look at the Constitution. But once you do that, what do you think is going to happen to your First Amendment rights? Well, let me tell you something. And you're bringing up a, something that's really been bothering me. There was a civil war 150 years ago where we tried to keep the union together. And someone just recently has come out and has gotten a lot of legs where they want to separate the country. And it bothers me because I'm in a blue state. Um, I'm also in a red state, but I don't want to give up what I have in the blue state. My family's here and everything else. I mean, but I kind of agree with that. The, the act of secession is still on the table in the United States. It's not something that's blocked or illegal or, or not capable of doing. If a state wishes to secede and its people wish to secede, it is possible. Well, but Jack, it's impossible politically. It's impossible, impossible because they put yes. in barriers to prevent that. We know that the California want to succeed. If you ever saw the map of California, the 99% of California wants to secede from Los Angeles and um, San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, Oregon. I mean, if you look at it, you have to laugh because... The entire state wants to secede from Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's so difficult. And what, what I just saw the other night um, about the, uh, Kmart is leaving, Walmart's leaving. All of these big stores are leaving these states because they're getting robbed. Left and, You're allowed to steal $999 every single day and we won't charge you. They're cleaning these stores out. They can't make money. They're all deciding to you leave. You got my answer in retirement. That's how I'm going to retire. <laughs> 900 bucks a day. I'll move to Seattle. Right? Start up an eBay account. We'll get 900 bucks a day. The, the thing is, and this is, I think, a bigger conversation for us, but I think the reality is that we are seeing these changes. And I started, I started a, a theme, a theme through a couple of these programs is that the de-evolution of America. And one of the things I think I stated uh, a while ago was that, you know, we talk about this coming revolution. The revolution has already started. It's already begun. It's just not a hot revolution. It's a quiet. Do we have the same America we had 20 years ago? Or is your free speech the same as it was 20 years ago? Absolutely not. Is your right to own a gun 20 years ago? No. Is your right to assemble 20 years ago? No. No. We don't have those rights anymore. The, the whole idea of this cancel culture, this political correctness, is to silence people who don't agree. And, and why is that? Why does that happen? Because the majority of people agree with silencing people. No, the media silences people. Then your company that you work for panics because the media comes out and says, Jack, you're a horrible person. And, and you work for who? For Johnny's uh, Boiler Company? And Johnny's Boiler Company must be racist just like you. They accuse you of that. And Johnny's Boiler Company says, no, no, we're not. Jack, you're fired. Whether Jack was racist or not. Thank this God is... we don't live in this. Thank God we're at the end of our lives. Uh, let me tell you, when you say something like that, really, I mean, I was always allowed in my life 
to live who I was and to be an American no matter what company I work, work for. I can't believe this. People are afraid to and, be fired because they're going to say the wrong thing? And it's so sad for me to reiterate what I've said before. Uh, unfortunate, horrible thing to say. But all of this would be, all of this would go away. All of this would be swept under the carpet if there was another 9-11. Everybody would be an American. Nobody would be worried about pronouns. Nobody would be worried about systemic racism, uh, all these teachings in school. Everybody would be an American. Everybody would be unified against a common enemy. And it's a terrible thing to say, and it's a terrible way to live. But it does unify a people against a common enemy. Uh, I hear these college students all the time saying things as, uh, uh, well, F America anyway. Everybody here is racist, and this is a terrible country, and a colonialism, and all this other nonsense. Uh, you know, and there's common sense answers to all of these things. Uh, a terrible solution in the current day does not erase a terrible solution that came 200 years ago. It's still terrible. And this is something, Jack, I, the point you're making is, is what I have tried to say for so long now. Yes, did we have sins of the past? Of course. Have we not worked tirelessly to drag us forward and change, to be more enlightened? Do we not see the world differently today than we did when we were teenagers? Just from what we thought was the way the world was to you learn in a course of time. Do you care who loves who? I don't care who loves who. God bless you. Just don't, don't ask me, <laughs> right, to, to do things that I don't want to do. But if somebody, the more love in the world, the better. So if two people find each other, I don't care. That's up to them and their God how they're going to deal with it. It's I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from them. I don't want them hurt. I don't I want them to have the same rights and everything that I have and be able to thrive in this country. However, it comes out in the end for them personally is just like it comes out for me personally. It's up to me and my God whether I did the right thing or the wrong thing. It's not for me to decide. We have become enlightened. We have seen people for their better angels. We have realized that hey, everyone is just people. We might just look different or live different or have a different culture or a different idea. And we're all okay with that. We are tolerant. The other side that demanded we become tolerant is intolerant of us. Where is the fence? To, I'm offended when you talk about my country as a horrible place. I'm offended. How come people don't worry about me being offended? But I have to worry about everybody else being offended. But nobody worries that I got offended, that I'm offended by what you just said. You just burned my American flag. I'm offended by that. That hurts me because I feel about the people who gave their lives. The young men who died bleeding on battlefields across this world, crying for their mothers. That's who that flag is. That flag is not a piece of cloth. It is what kept us together. It's what it symbolized freedom and justice and liberty for all. And we are growing into that. Maybe they were beautiful, powerful words 200 and something years ago. But we have taken it serious and we're growing into it. We're trying to heal those sins of the past. And when I see that flag, I don't see a flag, a piece of thing. I see all those people who have given their lives. I see the struggles we've had as people, as, as trying to solve the racial problems. All of that is in that flag. And when you burn that, you're spitting on all of those people, not just the flag. Look at the progress we've made in racial relations, in equity. This is because America is, that constitution is wonderful. That constitution basically, listen, the, the founding fathers knew slavery was 
antithetical to the Constitution. They knew that, but it was something they couldn't tackle the 1700s. Something uh, that they couldn't tackle. They knew that America would change because the Constitution would allow America to change. And the people, we suffered because of it. But let me tell you something, that's why America is great. People do not understand that. And Jack, I want to bring up, uh, you just brought up something uh, before this, this show about burning of the flag. So we're talking about freedom of speech. And you said, and it really struck me before this, this uh, episode we had, we're on, you said, um, you know something? If I burn the American flag, that is freedom of speech. But if I burned an LBGQT flag, I'm charged for a hate crime. Well, there's something wrong with that. Even though I don't advocate burning an LBGTQ flag, there's something wrong with that. Why? We have to keep the lines of communication open. The basis of a democracy is that we all need to talk to each other. If you can come to me and you can give me a good reason, one that makes sense to me or makes sense to the populace of the United States of why this flag could be burned and this flag should not be burned, I'm willing to listen as long as you're willing to listen to me. It's all or none. We brought, up, we, we brought up the Civil War. Uh, everybody here knows I'm, I'm a... Civil War buff, just a quick teaching point. Mm -hmm. um, they're tearing down all these statues, so these Southern gentlemen. Uh, we weren't there. We didn't go through this. We didn't know these heroic people who were fighting for states' rights. Let's remember that they were fighting for states' rights. The biggest defection of Union soldiers was the day after the Emancipation Proclamation. They all walked off the line, whole Massachusetts regiments, thousands of men, left the Union Army because they had turned the civil war into the freeing of the slaves, which it was about protecting the Republic, protecting the Union, protecting the Union of all Americans. There was a, there was a man, his statue's been torn down in many, many places. Um, as a young man, his father owned slaves. He grew up with a slave. Once he became 18 years of age, this man took this young African-American slave, educated him, gave him his freedom. The name of that man, Robert E. Lee, did not believe in slavery. I know. That's why the Civil War is a tough discussion point, because you want to know something? Other than the slavery issue, the South appeared to be right. The slavery issue made the South wrong, because... I believe in states' rights, and we are become a federalist country that's been so, it's, it's oppressive. And Jim, as you well know, a republic is states' rights. Gentlemen, and, uh, you, 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 and we got to continue this conversation. And you know what? The one <clears throat> thing I say about it, and, you, and you're, you're both hitting on good points, the fact that the South was wrong and, and clung to slavery for economic reasons didn't make the abomination of slavery any better and it was it was soothed and cleansed by the blood of thousands and thousands of people to clear that off our sin uh that blood was shed for that reason 
Uh, Lincoln lost his life for that reason. It, it changed our nation for that reason. And people are today are trying to bring all that hatred back instead of going, hey, uh, Joe, look at you that. You hit the thing. nail on the head. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice here with the boys in the neighborhood. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. America OUTLOUD beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Outloud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Chasing Justice. Here we got the uh, the guys in the neighborhood, and that was a an interesting opening half of the show because there's so much really to talk about in our country. And I got to tell you, during the break, we, we always have these crazy conversations during the break. We say things that you can't say out loud. We talk about things that, you know, why can't you talk out loud? But one of the things I wanted to talk about was Healthy Cell. Now, I you know, you know, we've heard me a thousand times. I take the Healthy Cell Immune Boost. I feel a thousand times better than I have in the last couple of years. I don't get sick anymore like I used to. But I had a couple of my very brilliant, dim-witted friends here who had some problems with their memory and with their thoughts. And I put them on the, um, the Healthy Cell product that helps you to remember. It's, um, it's clarification of thinking. It's, it's working. And, you know, we know that Bill, Bill takes it. And he said he felt better, though he forgot to come tonight other than, I'm only kidding, Bill. Bill wasn't feeling well. But Jim and Jack, I know you've been taking it since that night I gave it out. 
have you noticed anything different in your clarity of thought, your your ability to think? And that's what the purpose of that. I've noticed that I've been able to sustain. I'm I'm suffering memory loss. I, I can see it already. I'm afraid of Alzheimer's, and I'm heading it off at the pass. Um, so I like this product. It seems like it's wor it's working for me, and I really believe it's more than just just a belief that I want it to work for me. That's what I mean. That's what I found out. It actually works. Focus factor and, and memory. Yes. I mean, Joe, I can, I, everybody, I can jump up on stage with my top hat and my cane and do a song <laughs> and dance about how wonderful everything is. Uh, let's just get down to brass tacks. You know me by now. Uh, I was taking another product that was a pill, supposed to help with your memory. It's advertised on TV. I'm sure everybody's pretty much familiar with it, that and or many other products. Uh, it seemed to do nothing for me. Taking this product on a daily basis you know, it allows me to stay on subject better. Uh, aging memory is a terrible thing, trust me, I know. Uh, it allows me a, a more of a clarity. It allows me to stay on a single subject longer. I don't seem to drift off as much into multiple subjects and lose my original train of thought when I'm using this product. So I can highly recommend it uh, over what I was taking that didn't seem to do anything wow. for me. But Healthy Cell has just been... Uh, just been great. Just giving me a little more clarity, a little more peace of mind, uh, and just the ability to stay on one subject and remember where I was coming from on my original point is a wonderful thing. It, it is for me, too. I didn't expect you to say that, Jack. So good for you. I'm glad it's working. Um, I have yet to take it. Uh, I'm a genius IQ level. I don't think I need it. I'm not <laughs> fading like you fellas, but my time could be coming soon. I'm not as old as you guys. Uh, but thank you. Uh, so, hey, Healthy Cell, it's, it's on the network, and I mention it because... Um, they don't sponsor this show. They simply are on the network, and I tried it, uh, and I like the stuff I buy more because it, it helps me to feel better. All right, so when I said we talk about things during the break that come up, um, because there's a lot of things, even in, in the modern world that we live in here, that, you know, that are truthful, but you can't say out loud. And if you say them out loud, you can be attacked. I mean, you all know, everybody at home knows, I make jokes about uh, people in their underwear sitting in the basement taking notes about Lieutenant Joe. I actually was attacked. Um, my employer was attacked because of this show. Do you realize that he says there might be something funny going on with January 6th? Do you realize that, uh, you know, there, there wasn't five, he says there wasn't five cops killed. Uh, well, that's been proved, proved to be true. All I said was we have to look at the situation and try and understand what really happened, not what we're being told. So people will come after you and you don't control the media if you don't have the right uh, narrative they do come after people. I even I felt it myself. They came after me. And I think I'm one of the most fairest people I know. I, I'm open to everybody's thoughts. I try to understand everybody. I only ask questions, right? I don't let things just go sliding by and go, well, let's just all believe that. I say, well, let's see, like you said before, let me see why I should believe it. And if it makes sense, I will change my point of view. So we're going to delve now a little bit into the world of politics, all right? We covered some other stuff before, and we see that the future of our country, are we going to leave our country two years from now in the hands of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris again, when Joe Biden, who's obviously failing, um, I mean, he could, he could use focus factor. I don't know if it would help him. He'd have to take a double dose. But the reality is he is failing mentally. He has no, nobody is afraid of him in he's the world. He's failing ethically, Joe. Oh, well, he's failing ethically as well. 
Uh, we're seeing things coming out all the time now that he lied and no stories. But the bottom line here, what I'm talking about is as we go forward, the country cannot survive another four years of progressive politics. We need to go back in the other direction. And right now, what that looks like on the conservative side, the Republican side, which is our only real alternative, is Donald Trump or DeSantis. And Trump is way ahead of DeSantis in the polls. People seem to really prefer him to DeSantis. But we are seeing something across the, uh, the, the, the 11th commandment from Ronald Reagan, Ronaldus Magnus, when he used to say, thou shall not attack another Republican. You can talk about different policies, but don't attack people personally. Now, Jack, you brought something up that's important here. Uh, I think everybody here at one point or another was a, a fan of Donald Trump, thought his policies were great. He was a different kind of politician, but now he's been a politician. He's coming around again, and DeSantis is an up-and-comer. And you had a lot of commentary about Trump and DeSantis. So where, where you, what do you think here? Okay, Joe, you asked for it. You got it. I'm going to say it. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't attack another Republican as he has. He had four years as our president. And unfortunately, Donald Trump, sorry to say it, has become a politician. Uh, his word, his deed uh, has the right meaning, has the right verbiage to it, but to attack DeSantis, who has a, a proven track record of being, uh, going about things as a decent human being, not attacking anybody, but attacking these systemic problems that have been happening in Florida and, and, and really quelling them for the most part. Uh, you know, the way he handled the hurricane, the recent hurricane that devastated the west coast of Florida, they attacked him for it. And he defended himself point by point and proved that he did exactly what was necessary to do, exactly in the way it was needed to be done. And he provided all the help that these people needed that could be provided by the state of Florida. Uh, these are proven track records. Let's stay on course. Let's see what this man has done. His, his words and deeds seem to align. Uh, President Trump, like I said, he has he has the right he has the right mind. Uh, he wants to do the right thing. His radicalness is too much for the present time. He, he's just he radicalizes what, what is everybody. His, what is radicalness? What is his radicalness? His radicalness is his is his word, his verbiage. He he's over the top. I mean, everything can't be a cataclysm. Uh, are they coming after him? Yes. Is it a witch hunt? Yes. Uh, do we need to sit down and personally point at people such as Nancy Pelosi and start uh, putting her down and, and just trying to disgrace her in the public eye? No. Uh, let the record speak for itself. Let's see what Biden has done. My position in this world is much, much worse off than it was when Trump was in office. And that's how I gauge a president, how well I did and how well we did in the world. Putin, whether you want to call him a friend the leader of China, whether you want to call him a friend, the Middle East, however you want to denote these people, he had them agreeing to work with us. We weren't in any, any war with these people. We'd had no problem with these people. Uh, and now the whole world is in turmoil. China is aligned with Russia. Uh, we're on the verge of another world war, which could possibly go nuclear, which is total insanity. And we need somebody like DeSantis who is calm to, to lead us, to lead the world.
So, Jack, your your commentary, I think, is is very, very prevalent in the Republican Party right now. I think people like that Trump was so strong. They don't like the way he reacts. And DeSantis, because there's a good foil to Trump now, DeSantis is somebody like you had other people involved that did not have the same gravitas. I hate to use that word from uh, our friends at CNN, but the, he, he has the gravitas to stand up next to a Trump because he has been successful in Florida. He's been a very good governor in Florida. He did fight back against the press. He did keep the state open during COVID and fight all that nonsense. And he looks like he could be a very good leader. What you don't like is Trump attacking him the way he's attacking him. Well, what's happening right now and what we've all been talking about is this. There's a small minority out there who is yelling and screaming about all these things such as pronouns and the flag and the way the, the racism and, and what have you. It's a small minority, but they're screaming and yelling. And guess who else is screaming and yelling now? Donald Trump is screaming and yelling. And we don't need it. We need a calm leader who's strong, who has a track record of getting things done, who does what he says he's going to do to lead this country and, quite frankly, to lead the world. Excellent. Now, I never thought I would say this, but I want everyone in Chasing Justice Land to write this down because I'm going to say something I have to say. Jim, as the voice of reason, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you have now heard Jack's point of view. And I think his point of view is shared by a lot of Republicans and conservatives that they're upset that Donald hasn't, okay, the first time he didn't know any better, he attacked Democrats. Now his, his rhetoric, his attack, as opposed to just saying, hey, listen, DeSantis is a good governor. He's not ready to lead the world like I am. Look at my accomplishments. I would be better than this guy. This, this is in the future, but I'm here now. And they don't like these attacks on because they like DeSantis. What do you think? What, where, what's your point of view? I love DeSantis. Um, I'm conflicted. But here's my problem. The only person who can take down the deep state is Donald J. Trump. DeSantis hasn't proven to me that he's capable. Matter of fact, I've heard just recently, again, internet stories. There's no, I have no verification, but it clicks into my mind and I look for more verification as time moves forward. DeSantis is someone who's um, indebted to the Bushes. It's another political game. 64 years I've been on this earth, and that's all I've seen. It's political shenanigans, whether it's liberal, whether it's Republican. Trump is outside of that venue. And even though there's a lot of things that Jack just said that I agree with and I don't like, Trump is not a politician. Trump perhaps could be the fix of this country, which has been in terrible straits for so many years. I also don't trust Trump. I'll be honest with you. I mean, how many people did he have? in his administration that were total failures. I mean, okay. I remember through his presidency, I'm like, what are you doing? Why do you have another that guy? guy? Why don't you get rid another of her? Guy. Why do you get rid of him? I, I get it. Is this just a deep state? Is the deep state so entrenched? 
Ah. That Trump was just not Jack's able. chomping at the bit. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> He's going to eat the microphone. Go ahead, Jack. Jim, I don't disagree with you. And I'm glad that you and I can have a dialogue. The problem that I'm having with this in general is, and I think maybe you'll agree when you listen to me, is the survival of the Republican Party. The Donald Trump and all of the failures that everybody has heaped upon him, which we know most are false, are so deeply ingrained in American society that he becomes unelectable. And for us to lose as Republicans another presidency, to have another person go in there and say he's a moderate and turn out to be a socialist, much like our present president, is the death of the Republican Party. Can I answer that? Certainly. Let me tell you something. I agree with you. But where I do disagree with you is you think that the Republican Party is some kind of salvation to this country. The Republican Party has proven to me to be nothing less, well, a little less bad than the Democratic Party. The, Demo the Republican Party, to me, most of them, they're nothing but a bunch of crooked politicians. We need someone outside of the realm. And frankly, I don't like the two-party system. I think it doesn't work. Democrats are bad. Republicans are bad. Other than people like... Um, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, thank you. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. There are a few people... Let me tell you something. The, Repu the Republican Party, that's what they're doing to us, Jack. What they're doing is they're putting Joe, you, AOC, blacks against whites, Christian against Jew. What they're doing is they're dividing us. The Republican Party is just the other end of that spectrum, just trying to divide us. Fox News just trying to divide us. We need someone to, to, to take I, that up. I, um, agree, I um, agree, Jim. Again, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats, because this is America. We're sitting here talking, <laughs> and we, we have uh, opposing viewpoints on, on some items, on many we don't. I believe that the salvation of this nation is to finally have an independent as a president of the United States and have more independents representing about, us in Congress. How about a government but, that's but, for the people and that's by your the independent. People. And that's your independent. Your independent is a leader. He's not he, he's not somebody who's gonna make up your mind. Trump is somebody who's gonna make up your mind. And a lot of people have made up their mind about Trump already, which I believe makes him unelectable. So let me ask this question. I Jack. agree so with you on after, that. After four years of the Joe Biden administration and two years of the Democrat-run Congress and everything, and everything that's happened, the gas prices exploded. Because I love when Joe Biden says, I inherited an economy that was falling apart. <laughs> the press doesn't go, uh, Mr. President, you're wrong. It was great when you took it over. You ruined it. Uh, gas prices were crazy. No, they were not $1.89 a gallon, Mr. President. You're wrong. They don't challenge him. They let this nonsense stand. But that going beyond, comes down to Election Day 2024. And you have Donald J. Trump versus Joe Biden. And you walk into that booth. 
Are you going to vote for Joe Biden because it's Trump's it, a big it, mouth? It's got to be. No, it's got to be Trump. Of course, it's got to be Trump. I mean, I take Trump over Biden. Uh, Biden's creeping socialism uh, okay. policies well, are going to destroy the question. nation. I knew you were going to say that. Thank goodness, because, you know, I was going to say, holy creeping moly. Creeping socialism. It's not creeping. It's blatant social. No, it's I blatant agree. communism. I agree. I just want to say thank you. No, that's good. I'm glad you guys are having a conversation. It'd be nice to include the host once in a while. Um, do you think that the average American, and this is where I can see what you're saying, the average American is going to walk in there and go, okay, Joe Biden, he's harmless. He, he, he's doing stupid things, but he's basically is an old man and he's harmless. Do I want Donald Trump in there and impeachments again because they're going to impeach him then, and he's going to say something and he's going to be upset and he's going to do I want that chaos, the news every single day attacking him to the, feel like your stomach's in a knot or do I look at Ron DeSantis and go, they're going to hate him just as much. They're going to have just as much hatred for him or whoever the Republican is. We all forget that. Um, they loved John McCain until he was the nominee. Then he was a racist, a killer, a hater, a homophobe. He was everything. They went after him. What do you think they're going to do in that booth? But, Joe, DeSantis will stand and deliver. He will defend himself. He will not stand behind a microphone at a rally and just yell, witch hunt, USA, like USA, Jeb USA. Bush. Just like Jeb Bush. I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with you. Uh, let me tell but you something. The, but the, the, prob the problem is, is disappointment in my life. The problem is <clears throat> an independent runner at this time would not be electable because the American people do not have time to digest what an independent would mean to this country. Our next election comes up in two years, less than two years, mm -hmm. and we have the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. I don't believe that Trump is the one we want in office over DeSantis. That is my point. And I think that's the purpose of the uh, of the primary season. We're going to see Trump's way ahead over DeSantis. There's Trump at 40-something, 40 48, DeSantis at 23, and then everybody else well, in one, one in and two. In the Republican threes. threshold. Yeah. If you take the whole country, this is where I agree with Jack. Mm -hmm. I think DeSantis is more electable than Trump. Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think DeSantis is able to withstand what's coming going to come at him because what came after at Trump is going to go after DeSantis. And you don't think that element in this society is going to right now treat DeSantis like like with kick? They're going to eviscerate him. They're, of course they, they are. They the minute they Can love him now because he's against Trump. He's fighting with Trump, so therefore they're going to turn him into the picture child of, of the greatest Republican that ever lived. And then he's going to be the nominee. Like and they go, oh, no, we just found out that he used to date 14-year-olds. And he went with the babysitter. And he pulled the, they pulled the, uh, the, the things off the, the mattress. He put the dog He put on a the dog car. on the roof. They're going to go oh, by the way, it's kind of a big disappointment. Oh. Uh, but who, uh, who put the dog on the car? I'm like, really? No. This is how they're going to descend? Right. But they're going to attack whoever the Republican is. I think Jack has a lot of, I think Jack has got the feeling of the people in that, because I, I, when I talk to people who were staunch Trump people, they are saying, you know, now that we got someone who's a lot like Trump, but without the baggage, we're probably better off going with him. And I think that's going to be what the primary season is about uh, to determine, because DeSantis hasn't even announced yet. When he announces then you might see the polls change. Because in some of the first primary states, he's actually very close to Trump. But you're going to see the left continuously batter Trump. 
trying to get something to stick. And whether they get something to stick or not is not the point. But to always have him in a state of turmoil, to always have him in a bad light on television every single night over another problem or perceived problem, they're going to keep this up for two years to make sure that he is unelectable. And if he gets the nomination, he truly will be un unelectable. An independent, as Jim and I were speaking of before, is a wonderful thing. I go back to a, a presidential candidate. A lot of people are too young to remember who he was. Uh, a lot of things I didn't like about him. Some things I did. The one thing that he did bring up that I liked a lot, which is the people get to speak. The people get to get to decide what happens and it was called he called it the electronic town hall his name was ross perot wow. i like had the electronic too. town hall where you and i all of us ladies and gentlemen in the united states of america every single one of us in the privacy of our own homes undeterred by other people's opinions would be able to sit down and cast a vote for what we believed for gun control for energy policies for foreign policy, for all policies in the United States, and our vote and our voice would count on an individual basis as an American citizen, and this is the way to go, and this is why we need an independent, and that will be the savior of America, the republic, the democracy. Wow, Jack has spoken. Now let me ask you a question, though. Um, here's where I see a problem with going beyond the two-party system. An independent, by definition, is independent of either party so therefore they can have their feet in both parties so therefore you have someone who could be very liberal on some things and conservative on another is that really the best mix or, or do, is one side yes, or the that's, other important? that's who I am I'm very liberal on social policies you know when it comes to America and the Constitution fiscal policies I am extremely conservative so Yes, why not have a candidate? By the way, that's what Trump is. That's what DeSantis is as well. The problem is Trump does have the baggage, Joe. We all now, now, hang on, hang on. You want to be someone who's split down the middle, and you think that's probably the best. What if that person is um, socially liberal and conservatively fiscal. You, you say, oh, well, that's a good combination. But then, then everything that you disagree with, this all this anti-American stuff, that's what they're going to push. That's but at the same time, we're going to have we're going to have uh, low tax rates, but we're going to change the traditions of America. No. Or you could have it the other way. They're very traditional American, and they're very high on taxes. And that's what I see the problem with someone who doesn't First have a key. You don't have that. You never have pro-American, traditional America, and high on taxes. That never happens. That's a zero percent possibility, Joe. Well, we can we can all we can so all hope that the 148 <laughs> IQ just went down ten points. <laughs> we, we can we so can all hope that he doesn't help either, Joe. That an independent would take the boast the best of the Democrats and the Republicans. We could always hope for that. We'll never get it, but we could always hope for that. And the that's, best of uh, the Democrats. The best of the Democrats. Well, okay, the best what ideas. Is what is that? The best ideas, and they're not all bad. They're not all not all liberal give ideas are one. bad. Not all, all democratic ideas are bad. Give me one contemporary idea from the Democratic Party that's good. No, to put me on the spot isn't the point. <laughs> to to take the ideas of everybody speaking together is what we're all talking about. We're not talking about shutting the Democratic Party off and telling them to shut up and go away. We're telling them come over here and let's talk 
and the Democrats and the Republicans get together on a subject and, and actually speak about it instead of fighting over it. Okay. And come up with let me let me try and decipher this because I, I think you're you it was very good Jack and you were put on the spot and that's not fair and I don't like when people do that oh, I love but putting the, Jack on the spot well you're a contrarian well you used to be formerly known as Jim the contrarian the reality is about a, about a situation like that you know to put somebody on the spot come up come up with three things that Biden has done that are good and you can't think of any uh, but to say what are some here's what I've said all along our friends on the left they they don't have bad ideas. They have bad execution. They have bad ways to get to there. Who doesn't want to believe in, in, in equality, that we're all equal, that we all have the same opportunity? Do you think that's what they believe? No, I, I think that's what they say. Oh, okay. There's a big difference in what people say and what they believe. But I'm saying for a point of view that Jack's making, they don't always have completely bad ideas. They just they can't functionally get them into the position. They have to dram, drag them down people's throats. And that's what becomes a problem. So I think we've, we've talked about a lot here. And there's some other things I wanted to get to um, very quickly. Because we only have, look at how fast time goes by here on Chasing Justice. Recently, the White House, uh, to get back to our, our first segment real quick, the White House has blamed Republicans for the school shooting that took place um, where these children were killed in this uh, religious school in Nashville, and they said it's Republicans who believe in all of this gun stuff. Now, very, very quickly, uh, we got less than a minute. Jack, is it Republicans' fault? No, absolutely not. Uh, let's face it, folks, it's the, it's the fault of the individual. Uh, maybe it's the fault of the deterioration of that particular family or just that person himself. Okay, Jim? Guns existed in this country for hundreds of years, and we didn't have this problem why do we have it now, the Democrats? Uh, in other words, uh, what I was saying before proves again to be true. Let's discuss it. Let's talk about it together. And let's look at the facts. Gun violence on a percentage basis of the amount of people living in this country was much more prevalent in the 1970s than it is today. That's a fact. Right. And one of the things that we look at, and I brought it up in several shows, is that uh, just very quickly with the AR-15, which is not Assault Rifle 15, it's Armor Light. That's the name of the company that created it. And if somebody in my family was killed by a psychopath with an AR-15, I would be very upset. If they were killed by a handgun, I'd be very upset. If they were stabbed to death on the subway in New York, I'd be very upset. The reality for all of this is that there are over 500,000 to, 500, to a million instances of people in America defending themselves and their family with weapons, AR-15s, handguns, shotguns, all kinds of things, as opposed to the, the killers that are using them in these schools, which each one is horrific and terrible. But to take away everyone's weapons and rights because of these very 30, 40 incidents a year, and if, believe me, for those 30, 40 people, it's the whole world. But to take them away from those other 500,000 to a million people who use them to protect themselves, that would be criminal. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here, boys. I want to thank you for being in the neighborhood, for being here. Hey, geriatric delecto bill, I hope you're feeling better. And uh, we'll see you the next time. Remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem.